Hello and welcome to another episode of the Secular Buddhism Podcast. This is episode number 162. I am your host, Noah Roshetta, and today I'm going to talk about the games we play, specifically a discussion on right view. As always, keep in mind you don't need to use what you learn from Buddhism to be a Buddhist. You can use what you learn to simply be a better whatever you already are. If you are interested in learning more about Buddhism, check out my book, No Nonsense Buddhism for Beginners, available on Amazon, or listen to the first five episodes of this podcast. And you can find those five episodes easily by visiting secularbuddhism.com and clicking on the link that says Start Here. If you're looking for a community to practice with and to interact with, consider becoming a supporter of the podcast, a patron, by visiting secularbuddhism.com and clicking the link to join our community. So the topic for today's podcast episode, playing games, uh, the games we play. This is uh, something that I thought of the last couple of weeks as I had family in town. So for, uh, for the holidays, for Christmas, we had my mom and my two siblings with their families come into town to spend the holiday with us. This was a meaningful gathering for us as this was the first gathering or well, the first Christmas that we've had since my dad passed away. And we wanted to spend this time together as a family. In fact, I'm, uh, I'm pretty sure we've never spent Christmas together, all of us, um, because usually my, my older brother uh, will come spend either the day before or a day after, but he's never actually been here uh, during Christmas itself for, for the actual Christmas holiday. So it was a fun, meaningful gathering for all of us, and we spent some good quality time together. And fortunately, uh, we had a lot of snow, which is what, what they wanted to experience. Uh, all three, my mom and my two brothers, along with their families, all three groups come from warmer climates, from Arizona and from Texas. And they were coming to our house in Utah, where uh, if you come here for the winter, what you want to see is snow, and snow is what they got. We had a lot of days of uh, a lot of snow, so that was a lot of fun. But during the time that they were here, we were spending quality time together and playing games, uh, a lot of board games, and that's where the topic for today's discussion starts. So one of the evenings that we were playing, we were playing um, a card game called Phase 10, and I'm sure some of you are familiar with this game. And the way the game works is you start to play the game and you have uh, 10 different phases that you need to get through. And when you complete the phase, if you're the first one to complete the phase, you get to move on to the next phase. And it can be a really long game. And while we were playing this, I early on... Um, I, I started to become disillusioned with the game. Uh, I would get really close to completing my hand, but somebody would complete the hand before me and get out, and that would end the round, and we'd move on to the next one. And after four or five rounds in a row where I couldn't complete even the first stage, I started to feel like, well, this isn't fun. I don't want to keep playing this game. And for a brief moment, I felt this sense of, dissatisfaction with the game, just general unhappiness. It wasn't fun to continue playing the game. And as I sat there thinking about this, um, I started thinking about the correlation between games and reality. 
And as you know, I like the analogy of life compared to games, specifically the game of Tetris. And I started to think about the notion of perspective and the notion of right view, which on the Buddhist path is uh, the first of the eightfold path is right view. And right view supports wisdom. And wisdom in this sense is the understanding of things as they are. And in his book, What the Buddha Taught, uh, the author Wapola Rahula refers to this as, quote, seeing a thing in its true nature without name and label, close quote. So I sat there thinking the narrow view while I'm playing this game is that this game is not very fun. And I'm caught up in a, in a narrow perspective, which is here's what's happening in the game. But the wider view um, is the perspective of realizing I'm sitting at a table spending time with and interacting with people that I deeply care about. And as I, as I experienced this shift in my perspective, I realized this isn't about the game. Yeah, sitting here and playing the game is what we're doing to collectively spend time together. But the bigger thing is that we're spending time together. And that changed the relationship I had with the experience I was having of not doing well in the game. And in the days after this experience, as I thought about this, it uh, occurred to me that ignorance is uh, one of the root poisons and in Buddhism. And it, it's what brings with it greed and ill will. And ignorance, in this sense, in this little example, is getting caught up in a game thinking that the game is what's real and not seeing what is real, which is spending time with each other. That was the real thing. And then the game was a, another superficial layer to that. So it got me thinking about life in general and how often we get caught up in the games that we play. And the importance of being able to pause for a moment and say, well, wait a second. Well, what game am I playing? Who, who invented these rules? Uh, who says it has to be this way? Um, you know, or what am I really after? Um, uh, who's keeping the game going? Now, when you play a game like we were at the table, sure, if I want to be involved in the game, I have to play the game by the rules. And who sets the rules? The collective group that is playing the game selects the rules. Nobody's going to want to play a game with someone who's playing it by their own rules because then the game doesn't work. But that's different than getting caught up in thinking this game is what's real. Uh, and I think we do that sometimes in life. And, and we get caught up in the games that we play, and we don't question these things at all. And some of the games that we play are uh, the game of being right, or the game of being successful, or the game of being uh, uh, looked at and um, admired, or trying to be attractive. or I don't know, there's all kinds of games that we play. But in the in, in the Buddhist approach, in the Zen, there's the Zen expression that says, great doubt, great awakening, little doubt, little awakening, and no doubt, no awakening. And I really like that applied to this specific analogy uh, when we're playing these games. If, if we're not willing to have some doubt and express, uh, or, or be willing to um, question a little bit what we're doing and why we're doing it, um, then there is no awakening. And I experienced this while I was playing the game. So I was playing the game and it wasn't fun. And 
it occurred to me in that moment to question, wait a second, why is it, why am I not having fun? Why, why am I experiencing this emotion of, of dissatisfaction? And through that brief moment of introspection came this moment of awakening, which in this case was, I'm spending quality time with my family. And, and that was it. That changed the rest of the game. And I think it can do that for our lives. We can experience this moment of awakening where you encounter, this is how I'm experiencing life. And then it can change from that moment on to be a more enjoyable experience because you're no longer um, caught up in the, in the delusion of, of what you think is reality, which is the game is what matters. No, it's not the game. It's, it's what's actually taking place, which is I'm spending time with family. So I think we can apply this in our day-to-day practice with this notion of question everything. The, the thing that I'm doing, will this really make me happy? Uh, do I really want to be doing this in my life? Or questions like, what is it that I really want in my life? Why am I really chasing after the things that I'm chasing? And going back really quick to some of the games that we play, um, just some of the ones off the top of my head that I know I've played in the past, uh, or, or maybe continue to play sometimes without realizing it. Uh, the game of being right. Um, isn't that a game that we play? We, we want to be perceived as right, and it's not enough to feel that, yes, I am correct. No, 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 no. I need to make sure that you know that I'm correct. Oh, well, then the game isn't about being right. The real game is about being seen as being right, and that's a whole different game. If I... If I'm in a group conversation and some topic comes up, uh, especially certain topics like political or, or philosophical topics, and um, somebody says something that you don't quite agree with and you want to make sure that your view, which you perceive as being the correct view, is stated, um, you'll realize really quickly it's not, it's not that we're comforted in knowing that we're right. If that were true, we wouldn't ever have to say anything. You just stay quietly and say, well, that's okay that you think that, but I, you know, I'm comfortable with my view. But for a lot of people, that's not how life is. They need to make sure that the other person knows their view. So the game of being right, I think, is a game that a lot of people play. And uh, I think often we live with the delusion that we think being right is what matters, when in reality, what matters is that we're trying we're striving to be perceived as being right. In other words, what others think of me is more important than what I think of myself. And when you realize this and you have this uh, awakening in this specific game, you may realize, I don't feel the need anymore to state my opinion to someone else because I'm content with the opinion that I have. I'm perfectly content with that opinion. I don't need you to know what that opinion is because that's a different game, the game of me feeling satisfied that now you know what I think. No, I'm content with me knowing what I think. Uh, So that's one of the many, many games that we play. Um, The other one being successful, right? This is a game that our society plays quite well. Uh, First of all, who defines it? Who defines what being successful even means? Is it being wealthy in our culture? That certainly seems to be one of the answers. Does it mean to be famous, to be powerful? What does it actually mean? Perhaps it means uh, to be happy. Um, I don't know. I, I had an experience 
five or six years ago when I, when I first encountered the sport of powered paragliding. It was paragliding. That's where I started without the motor. It's just if you fly without the motor, it's called paragliding. If you strap the motor on your back and do the exact same thing, then it's called powered paragliding. So anyway, long story short, when I first discovered this sport and I looked up the instructor who uh, in my area who could teach me, I reached out to him and, and went and met him and started taking lessons. And at the time, I was still very deeply involved with the process of, of running my company, which if you'll recall, at the time I had a, a company that manufactured smartphone accessories and tripods and selfie sticks and things like that. And I was playing really hard the game to be successful, the, the game to be wealthy. You know, that's how I defined success at the time. And, and uh, things that mattered to me were the kind of car that I drove, um, things like that. It was really the image that I wanted others to have of me. I didn't realize it at the time how caught up I was in that game. But then I met this uh, gentleman, Russ, who was my, my flight instructor. And the, the more time I spent with him, the more I realized I wanted to be like him. He was doing the thing that he loved to do. He, he was flying. He was teaching people to fly. It didn't matter uh, what kind of car he drove. Uh, he, he actually restores old vehicles, like old classic cars. So my very first time meeting him, I, I saw this really cool old truck that he had restored and thought, wow, that's, that's really neat. Um, but anyway, I guess what I'm trying to get at is the more time I spent with him, the more I realized he's not caught up in the same game that I'm caught up in. He doesn't care about the labels. Um, he doesn't care about what he's driving or how he's perceived. What he does care about is doing the thing that he enjoys and doing that with the people that he cares about. He would be out there with his children um, flying with his son and teaching his daughter to fly and then um, the whole family would show up and they'd go on hikes and always doing fun things revolving around his work. And I realized back then that's not how my life is. I'm chasing after something and it's not getting me this. Maybe my definition of success has been wrong. And over the years, I came to understand that that's exactly what was happening. My definition of what it meant to be successful was uh, part of a game. The game that society gave me, that my uh, upbringing gave me, lots of things gave me that that game, but it wasn't the game that I wanted to play anymore. And here we are many years later, and I feel like I'm not playing that game anymore. I'm, I'm, I have followed in the footsteps of, of Russ, and I'm just enjoying being alive and doing the things that, that I enjoy. And I'm grateful for that shift that happened. But I think this is a, a good opportunity for us to pause from time to time and ask ourselves, what game are you really playing? And, uh, what would you see if you remove the name and the label? You know, thinking, uh, again, the name and the label of the game, uh, of the um, using the analogy of the game that I was playing as I'm playing uh, Phase 10. But that's, the, that's a name and a label that I gave to what's really happening, which is I'm just spending time with family. And that shift in perspective is, is often referred to as the narrow view versus the wide view in, in Buddhist thought. And it's, it's important to 
be able to extract ourselves from that narrow view to gain a wider view or a bigger perspective, to use tools like doubt and questioning, say, well, why am I really doing this? What am I really after? And through that, gain some sort of introspection that causes us to start acting more skillfully and say, okay, well, from now on, I'm going to go down this other path. And that's exactly what I've experienced in my own life. And part of why I think this is such an important topic, the notion of right view, the notion of understanding the games that we play, is for this quote here. In his book, The Heart of the Buddha's Teaching, Thich Nhat Hanh says, quote, Our happiness and the happiness of those around us depend on our degree of right view, touching reality deeply, knowing what is going on inside and outside of ourselves, is the way to liberate ourselves from the suffering that is caused by wrong perceptions. Right view is not an ideology, a system, or even a path. It is the insight we have into the reality of life, a living insight that fills us with understanding, peace, and love. Close quote. And I wanted to end it on that note. I agree with that sentiment that Thich Nhat Hanh shares. And at the end of the day, that's what I want for myself, for the people that I love. It's what I want for all of you, is to have a life that's filled with more insight, with understanding, with peace, and with love. And I think this is a, a good time to uh, bring up this topic because this is the start of a new year. And I wish you all a happy new year. And by happy, that's exactly what I mean. More understanding, more peace, and more love. And that's all I have for this episode. I look forward to sharing more thoughts in another episode later. You may notice I uh, purchased a new microphone. I'm hoping that the audio quality is better. I am a little under the weather, so uh, some of the differences in sound will be that, the fact that I have uh, uh, congestion. But uh, I'm hoping the audio quality is better. I apologize for the last episode where there was a lot of static and, and bad uh noise that came through somewhere around the middle of it. I was able to correct that, but uh, hopefully that won't be an issue anymore with this new microphone. So, all right. Well, thanks again. Have a wonderful new year, and I look forward to more podcast episodes in the future. Until next time.